Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, sponsored by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and I'm very, very pleased to host this program tonight as we talk about the greatest applications for the iPhone and Android phones. And back with us this evening, we have from St. Louis, Missouri, we have Mike Arrigo. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thank you, Bill. It's great to be back, and thanks for having me back. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it makes my job a lot easier when we have guys who can do all the talking for me. And uh, from Los Angeles, we have uh, Julian Vargas. Welcome, Julian. Hi, Dr. Bill. Thanks for having me back. Yes, it's really great to have you guys here again. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people who probably want to share this information with a lot of their friends and other people who are interested in cell phones. So this is being recorded by Airs LA, and you can listen to this at www.airsla, that's A-I-R-S-L-A dot org. And it will also be on the CCLVI website at cclvi.org. Now, the last time that both of you gentlemen were here, you really did a great job of informing us of the changes with the iPhone and the Android-based phones, basically telling us that both phones are very, very accessible, both phones are really quite easy to use, and with both phones, we have many, many applications to choose from. So tonight, I thought it would be a great idea that we ask both of you to share with us some of your thoughts on some of the latest applications that are available for the Android-based phones as well as with the iPhone. So, first of all, I'd like to start off with you, Mike, and can you tell all of our listeners which phones are you presently using? Because I know you have a variety, and uh, why don't you share with everybody what you have? Yeah, okay. Um, I do have several Symbian phones, which I don't use much of anymore. Same with Windows Mobile. Those two platforms are kind of... Uh you know, done for. So we'll focus just on the, I've got several Android phones. Um, and since the last show, I've actually gotten a couple of Samsung ones that are really nice, um, that I'm really enjoying. And I have also gotten to keep up with iOS developments. I have gotten, uh, an unlocked iPhone five Now, unlocked means it can be used with any SIM card. Um, so I have gotten, I have gotten that. And, um, so I am, uh, a user of both uh, platforms uh, quite a bit actually and I do like them both for for different reasons and we can we can get into some of that um but those are the phones that uh, that I'm using so I do have both um was that your question I'm sorry you didn't get into the apps yeah. yet did you yeah Just that's correct so for right now you have the new unlocked Apple iPhone 5 and what were the Android phones that you have now I have a well I can list them for you let's see the Sony Xperia Pro the HTC Desire Z, the HTC MyTouch 4G Slide, the Samsung Captivate Glide, the Samsung Galaxy Relay, and the uh, Sony Xperia Mini Pro, which is kind of just a smaller version of the Pro. And I'm considering, I'm considering getting the uh, Galaxy S3 or S4. Those are very nice. Uh, high-end phones, so I'm considering one of those. So, yeah, i got a, quite a few Android devices. Um, okay. And, those, and just to kind of narrow it down a little bit on the Android end of it, do you have a favorite one or two just for our listeners to kind of keep that in mind? Yes. The um, Samsung Captivate Glide I really like. The Galaxy Relay is very nice, and the um, HTC MyTouch 4G Slide is very nice. Now, I should, reiter- I should uh, mention also that I am not running – the stock firmware on these phones that came with it. I have um, unlocked the bootloader and I've installed a third-party ROM called uh, Cyanogen on there, which allows, which basically lets me run a much newer version of Android than the manufacturer has uh, has provided. So, okay. So um, all of our listeners who do have this interest in using Android, they can download Cyanogen. Cyanogen, it is. Yeah, it it. Um, I had that used on a podcast on the Blind Geek Zone website. I've done a podcast that kind of tells you how to install, um, you know, a third-party ROM on a phone if you if you want to go that route. Um, if you don't want to deal with that and you just want the newest version of Android straight away, then you could get the uh, Google Nexus 4, or Google also has a 
Galaxy S4 and the HTC One right from the Play Store that you could get that has the newest version of Android, and it will get the updates from Google um, pretty quick. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, how about you, Julian? Which phones are you using now? Well, I don't have nearly as many phones as Mike does, <laughs> but um, uh, in my everyday use, I am using the iPhone 5 unlocked and also using the Google Nexus 4 uh, as my Android phone. Um, as Mike mentioned, uh, that's the best one of the best ways to get the best experience on Android is to get a pure Android experience phone such as one of the Nexus phones or uh, now, as you mentioned, the Galaxy S4 and the uh, HTC One uh, do uh, are, are sold like that now. So for me, that, that's the only way to go. I, I, I don't really want to mess around with install. So so for me, that's the only way to go, uh, the, the pure Google experience. Whenever there are new updates, like uh, they just came out with Android 4.3, and within days of that update coming out, my Google Nexus 4 was updated to that. Okay, great. Now, Julian, I know that there have been so many great applications uh, that were released in the years past, but I know that things change and evolve very quickly. Uh, why don't you tell us, first of all, about your favorite application that you have purchased in 2013 and it could be for either or both different operating systems. I guess ultimately I have to say that uh, my favorites, or among the favorites, because it's really hard to pinpoint, but I'm very happy that now on both platforms we have a fully functioning GPS solution. And I've purchased both, uh, you know, one for each one. So on Android we have Nearby Explorer by the American Printing House. And on iOS, Sendero Seeing Eye GPS full-fledged solution, uh, I have them both, and I like them both a lot. I use them every day. And and can you go ahead and tell us just a little, a little summary about uh, each of them? Well, what's really nice about these is that um, it replaces having to do – before these came out – we have to use uh, various, uh, like a patchwork of different apps to, to get something comparable to what a lot of us were used to uh, if we ran things like Mobile Geo or the Sendero products on the note takers. What I like about these apps is that they, they give you both the, the, the very important things in GPS. They give you guidance, which is your turn-by-turn navigation, and they give you orientation information such as the streets that you are on, that you are approaching and passing, uh, points of interest that are nearby as you're passing them, anything like that that you want to know. Um, I'm more of an orientational GPS user than a guidance user. I know my way around pretty well. But when I'm on buses or in vehicles, I like to know where I am and where I'm headed. And uh, both apps do that very well. And what about the price uh, of these? Because they are made by different companies. Is there a difference in price? And do you find that is there a difference in the functionality of, of the different programs? Yes, uh, there's there's some difference there. Pricing especially on the Android side with um, Nearby Explorer, you pay $99. And for that $99, uh, along with the app, you are able to download maps of the U.S. and Canada, and that includes uh, points of interest and street information. And uh, also what's nice is that if you have a data connection, you can also tap into Google for even better, uh, for Google Places, so you can get even better information, more current information, because it's going online to check. Uh, on the iOS side with Seeing Eye, uh, they do it differently. They charge by subscription. Um, the Seeing Eye does not download maps to your device, so you you have to have a, a an internet connection at all times to be able to access uh, information uh, on Seeing Eye, and they charge uh, either by one year or three year subscriptions. So of course I went with the uh, three year subscription because I think that's the best value. For $129, you get three years of use of the uh, online maps. And uh, what's nice about the online maps is that uh, they're constantly updated. So um, 
unlike with other products where you download a map and then if you want a, a yearly update, you're having to pay some kind of SMA for that. Uh, that's what the subscription takes into account, so you always have access to the latest information. Now, how about you, Mike? Uh, how about if we're talking about on the solution of GPS applications, uh, what, what are some of your favorites that you're using for your, your two different systems? I'm with the Julian. Uh, the GPS apps released this year are awesome. Uh, it's great. It's awesome to have it on both platforms. Um, at this point, um, and you, you had mentioned you're kind of a different functionality, I think Nearby Explorer is still a little bit better than Sendero because it, it does. Now, they just uh, sent the 1.1 version to the App Store for iOS for the Sendero one, so that will be coming out here probably in a few days. But um, it's basically what I like about the Nearby Explorer is you can you have total control over what is announced and what isn't. There's like 18 items, and you can determine exactly what's spoken and what isn't, whereas with the Sendero one on iOS – you, it will speak some things automatically, but to get like a lot of times your distance to the upcoming street, you have to interrogate the screen, or if you shake the phone to refresh it, it announces way too much because it announces everything from your altitude and all that stuff. Plus, the Sendero one at this point, um, if you lock your screen, if you turn your screen off, it does not work, and uh, you have so you, you so you have to keep your screen on for the program to really function, whereas uh, Nearby Explorer, you can lock your screen, turn it off, and put the phone in your pocket or whatever, and it will it will continue to provide you all the uh, feedback. I'm with Julian also where I use these apps much more for telling me where I am than for guidance, and that's an area that I think we really have lacked. I mean, getting directions, we've been able to do that on both platforms for for a while, but it's these apps that tell you, okay, you know, this is the street you're on, this is what you're coming up to, these are the places you're near. That's the information that we've kind of had to really kind of go through some hoops to get that information, and, and both apps do that very well. Um, another app that I like on iOS, and I'm really hoping they bring this to Android also, it's an app called BlindSquare, and that one um, does tell you a lot of information uh, with your screen locked even, it will tell you uh, what street you're on and uh, what street you're coming up to, and it queries uh, Foursquare to find out uh, what places you're close to, and we'll, we'll announce that. It's a, very, it's a very nice application, and like I said, I'm really hoping that they bring that one to, to Android also. But, yeah, uh, the, the Nearby Explorer, I think, and the, um, the Sendero on, on iOS are, are kind of the, the real Cadillac, as it were, of, of blind GPS. And Mike, uh, when you're using these two apps, are they, do they both have the ability to create a customized map? Let's say, for example, we have a, a student who is at a university and really wants to create a pathway to go from the chemistry class to their biology laboratory. Uh, can you actually make a particular trail, custom trail? that one could follow in a, in a location such as a university? You can uh, – I don't know if this is in the Sendero one yet. I know with Nearby Explorer what you'd probably do there is just save the position, I think, as a, as a favorite is probably how you would do that. I've never, I've never done that. But um, you can certainly uh, save positions, and then um, you can have it tell you – like, you know, you're getting warmer or you're heading in the right direction to get back to that position. So that would probably be how you would uh, how you would do that. Great. How about Julian? Have you had any experience with either of those programs, uh, creating your own customized type of map in a location such as a campus on the university? Um, I don't think either one of the, of the programs does that quite well yet. Uh, what you're talking about is uh, I call it breadcrumbing. Uh, where you are dropping virtual breadcrumbs to be able to follow, find your way back to somewhere, uh, which you would use in, in that kind of situation. Uh, Looktel, the uh, makers of the well-known money reader on iOS, uh, they are working on such an app that's called Breadcrumbs that is going to have that kind of functionality and more. Um, I 
recently got a chance to speak with Kara Quinn at uh, at a Tech Talk meeting that I facilitate, um, and she brought it in and showed it to us, and it looks very promising. I hope that in the future that that we would see that kind of functionality added to these apps that we've talked about before because it would really just uh, complete the picture very nicely to be able to breadcrumb on these apps. Yeah, it would uh, it'd be really helpful for a lot of the college students out there. Now, Mike, you were talking about, I believe it was called Blind Square, the application Blind Square, and is is that for the iPhone or is that for Android? That is for the iPhone, yes. And what's the main advantage that maybe one of our listeners would consider purchasing that as compared to uh, the Sendero? Well, it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, I think it's like 19 or $20, and that will fill the gap as far as mm. telling you where you're at. And actually, in a lot of cases, when I use my uh, – when I have my SIM card in my iPhone, I tend to use that one. For, to tell me where I'm at as opposed to the Sendero one because, again, you can lock your screen and it will still continue to provide uh, you the information that you need. Um, and it, in some ways, it, it tells you more automatic stuff at this point than the Sendero one does. Now, we'll see what version 1.1 of the Sendero does when that comes out. But um, the one thing that Blind Square does not do is um, give you uh, routes and directions. However, if you have another app installed for that, you can do a search, and then it will send that information over to um, basically over over to another application. And, and now you can get uh, Google Maps for the iPhone, which is a free application. So you could, um, at least in theory, you could pay the nineteen to twenty dollars for BlindSquare, and then use Google Maps uh, for free to handle the routing. And you would then have basically the same type of system for a bit of a, of a cheaper price. Now, of course, there you are kind of combining apps together rather than having it all in one application. So as with anything, you have to decide if the extra cost of the Sendero is, is worth that convenience or not. And that's a decision each person can make on their own. Great. Now, what about for yourself, Mike? Uh, what has been your favorite application for uh, 2013? Um, the GPS ones, I, I think, are, are very high um, for me. That that is um, that that's a big one. Um, also, and this didn't well, this didn't really come out in 2013, but um, on the iPhone, uh, we have an app called Tap Tap C. That's a really good application for recognizing um, recognizing um, uh, recognizing pictures of things, um, item identification. Um, they are working on bringing that to um, Android, I think. At least I hope they are. It's a good app. Uh, on Android, we have Google Goggles for that, which um, does uh, some pretty good um Okay, very good. Okay. Sorry about that, Mr. Burden. All right, we're going to go ahead and resume. And, Mike, uh, would you go ahead and just tell all of us about – is it Look Look Tap? Is that what you called it? Uh, tap Tap C is the name of the application. Oh, I'm sorry. It's on, it's on yeah, the iPhone you tell us right about now. Tap, Mike, would you tell us about Tap Tap C, please? It's a really cool application for recognizing items. You take a picture with the camera, and it will <clears throat> it'll identify it, and uh, sometimes can even read some uh, text a little bit. Um, on Android. Uh, the best application for that right now is Google Goggles. It, it works really good, and, I, and they're working on bringing TapTapC to Android also, I think, um, and that'll be really nice. But both of those applications uh, really do a good job with recognizing um, things. You can use them to recognize currency even. Um, oh, gosh, I, uh, food boxes. I mean, they both work pretty good for that. Um, CDs, DVDs, they work good for that. Um, so that kind of thing, it, it's, it's, um, they, both, they work really nice for that. So those... Those apps um, are, are some of my favorite, aside from the GPS. But I still have to, I still have to, I think, rate the GPS apps at the top. Those, those are, are something I've really missed ever since getting away from the Symbian and the Windows Mobile uh, platforms. Uh, we've had little, you know, ways to kind of bolt things together somewhat to to, to get that information. But to, to finally have applications on on both platforms that that will do that. 
um, that kind of thing. It's just it's awesome. So I, I just put the GPS app still at the top still. Okay, great. Yeah, so it seems like the the most popular apps for this year are the GPS apps. But getting to the next topic of object identification, you did say TapTapC for the iPhone. Um, what is the price of it, and when did you use, when would you use that most often? Did you find that you personally find it to be most helpful in the grocery store or in your own pantry, or what? What did you use it more often, most for? Well, the price is free, so the price is definitely right for for all of those apps, like Google Goggles um, on Android, TapTapC on um, iPhone, and then for that interface too, for the Google Goggles uh, interface. There's an app um, on the iPhone also called Talking Goggles, um, but um, I have used them in stores sometimes, and it does help. Sometimes I'll just pull out a box um, and use it, and um, you know sometimes um, just to find out what something is. Like if you you know find an uh, object or something like in a store, yeah, or a box of something, just kind of browsing, and you want to know what it is. It's, it's a nice thing to be able to just to, to do that. So. And Julian, have you used any of these particular types of applications that identify objects? Yes, and uh, Talking Goggles has to be right up there among my favorite apps for this year. Um, what I really like about Talking Goggles is that it does something that um, TapTapC is very good, but with with most of these apps, you have to take a picture and that picture has to get sent, and then you have to wait back to, to hear either from an automated uh, engine of some kind or an, a human because some of this stuff is crowdsourced. But what I like about Talking Goggles is that if you put it in the video mode, it actually tries to identify things in real time, and it can actually even do spot reading like OCR on the spot, uh, which is not good. I mean, you're, you're not going to read a whole newspaper article with this, but it's really handy for reading signs. If you're in a building, for example, you're looking for your doctor's office, and they don't have Braille or tactile signs, this could come in very handy. Uh, I've used this in malls to point at a store sign that I can't see, but I can see that the light's there, but I can't read what it says. Uh, I've had good success getting it to read store signs to me. I pointed it at, uh, at bus stop signs before, to make sure if you're in a, in a transit center where you have different bays that different buses come into, and I was looking for a specific numbered one, I was able to determine which that I was at the right one by using this app. So uh, this it's a, it's a tremendous leap forward, in my opinion, when you can actually do real-time uh, OCR without having to wait for a picture to be processed. And that is, again only for cell phones with the Android operating system. Is that right? No, this, this is for, uh, for iOS, Talking Goggles. On, on Android, there is Google Goggles. And uh, Google Goggles has kind of gone through uh, changes here and there. But uh, when I can get Google Goggles to work, it'll, it'll do something similar because it is actually their engine that's being used to perform this uh, OCR and recognition. There's a talking goggles, I believe, too. There's a version of that on Android. I've never tried it. Never really had a reason to since I've already got Google goggles and that works. But it it is available also. That one is for Android. But it's the same. It's the same engine anyway. So. Wow, that's that's really really impressive. You know, it just gives us a lot more accessibility. You know, without having to carry around a whole bunch of other equipment. Now, uh, Mike, what other types of applications have you been very very impressed with that you have purchased this year? Um, one application that that I really like, um, this is on the Android side, um, is it's called HiQ MP3 Recorder. And what this does is it turns your phone into a digital recorder that lets you record files into straight uh, MP3. Um, and you can, uh, you know, record anything, you know, if, if you're recording a lecture, let's say, in college, or if you just want to – what I do sometimes is um, – I will record, uh, I correspond with some people via email, and I'll just use that and record a, a voice message, and then I'll just, uh, I can do that when I'm out and about, or whatever, if I'm kind of thinking about it, and then, you know, when I finally get back to my computer, I can, and I guess I could send it on the phone, too, but I don't do a whole lot of email on my phone, so get back to the computer, copy it over, um, and uh, send it off, so that, um, 
that's really good. Uh, Dropbox is is good, and that's that's accessible on on both platforms. Um, there's another application on Android that's really good. Um, it's called um, Samba File Share, and what this does is if you don't want to connect uh, your Android device to your computer, what it does is you run this app, and then your phone shows up as just another, basically like another computer on your network, and you can just open it up on your PC or your Mac and just copy files back and forth, um, just like you know the, the phone was another computer on the network. So that's that's really nice. Um, and that one is called. Uh, can you spell it? Samba File Share. It's S A M B. S-A-M-B-A file share is what that is. That's an Android app. Um, for iOS, um, Google Maps has released a new update, and it's it's very accessible, and it works very nicely. Um, actually, they've, they've updated both um, maps on both platforms and improved the accessibility quite a bit on both of them, um, labeled a lot more things better. Um, so that's that's another upgrade and it's free of course on on both platforms so google maps is um is very good on both of them so yeah i mean we've had we've definitely had some good uh some good app releases some good and some good app uh updates this year no no doubt about it all right now i want to go back to the high q mp3 application and uh is is that a free application no it's um I believe it's like a dollar or two. It's very reasonably priced, though, um, and it's one of those applications where at first um, it was not quite as accessible. There were some uh, unlabeled buttons where you'd swipe through it and talk about it, just say button, button, you know. And uh, you know, a few of us contacted the um, the developer and uh, mentioned that, and um, the developer was very quick to um, to fix it and put out an update with uh, you know with the things. Labeled and, and now it, it's it's fully accessible. Everything reads really nicely. So that's that's also an example of you know letting the developer know and and the developer being willing to to make the necessary uh, fixes to make the app um, completely accessible. So I always yeah, like I to support developers that do that. Yeah, I think it's really important to know which developers will listen to the consumers. And what what did you think is the most uh, is the biggest advantage of high Q MP3 as compared to using other types of uh, recorders that are automatically on the phones? Well, um, with Android, it may depend on the phone, but with stock Android, I don't think it really comes with one of those. Um, secondly, and this this sort of we can we can get into this if if you want to, but this this sort of gets into one of the main differences between Android and iOS. Um, with Android, it's a little more flexible as far as letting you get to things. Um, when you record an MP3 file, it's very easy. It's just stored on a folder or on your phone or on your memory card if your phone has it, and you simply um, connect it to your computer and just copy the file Copy the file over uh, if you want to move it to your uh, to your computer. Whereas with iOS with like the memos application, for example, it records things, but in order to get it from your phone to the computer, you have to go through iTunes, I think, and just go through way more hoops to transfer it to your computer. Whereas with Android, it's straight MP3. You just plug in the phone, copy it over. It's just like, it's just like copying from any other drive. Great, great. So for Android users, it seems like Samba and HiQ MP3 could be very, very quick ways of uh, recording messages and transferring it from your phone uh, to your computer if you're an Android user. Now, Julian, um, you know, Mike was talking about Dropbox. Is that an application that you, you have familiar yourself with? Yes, I use Dropbox all the time. It's a great place uh, not only to use for storage, uh, but also to share files with others. Um I have, for example, a certain group of friends, and we all maybe like to exchange certain kinds of music files, let's just say. Um, we can set up a folder, and uh, if we share that folder amongst each, each other, uh, we can put stuff in that folder, and then anybody who I've set to share that folder has access to those files. Um, I've done this with, with collaborating on projects, 
you know, if we're working on something, uh, a document of some kind, I'll write something, put it in there. Somebody else can look at it and make additions to it and such. So um, Dropbox is kind of one of the ways to, to get around the iTunes restriction a little bit uh, in that, um, you know, it's stored there as opposed to on the phone itself. So I can go back later on my computer or on any of my phones, on my Android or my iOS phone, and have access to those files. So, Julian, uh, Dropbox works if you are either running uh, Android or iOS? It can run on Android, iOS, Windows, or Mac. Uh, you know, that's what's nice about it is that it's it's uh, it's a web-based storage. It's uh, in the cloud, as they say. So it's not being stored on any of those devices. But if you log in from any of those devices with the proper credentials, you have access to everything that's been stored there. And what's the price of that, Julian? Free. Oh, free, um, free. At, at least to start with, they, they give you, what do they give you, like two gigs or something like that for free. And then uh, you can actually buy more if you'd like. Or there's promotions, like somebody just put out one today on, on the VI phone list where if you download a certain app and sync it with your mail uh, and Dropbox, you automatically get a, a, an extra gig of storage. And, Mike, do you know, uh, does it work? Does it allow you to do it? Let's say that you, Julian, and I, we're all friends and uh, we, we like to share audiobooks. Does that allow us to store audiobooks in, in Dropbox so that we could share it with other people, or does that have limitations, or do they say that's copyright or any other difficulties with sharing it a book? I think the issue would be more, yeah, the, the copyright um, than anything. I mean, Dropbox will pretty much let you store whatever whatever you, you you upload to it. I mean, or you can, well, like on your computer, you can it makes a folder, and then if you share folders too, it also makes those. Anything you put in those folders is automatically uploaded, and um, the app and the app's accessible too on both platforms. Um, so um, you could you could. I mean, from a technical reason, from a technical perspective, yeah, you could certainly you could certainly do that. The issue there, I would think, with audiobooks would be um, there may be some uh, there may be some copyright issues there. Which, but certainly, I mean, you can pretty much store anything in Dropbox that you want as far as file type. Now, how about in the area of barcode readers, uh, Mike? Is there, has there been anything new in 2013 with barcode readers for people who may want to do some price comparison and shopping and I remember Julian told me this great story how he took his phone and read a barcode at a, a major computer store, and he was able to find it cheaper online, and they matched it. Uh, is there anything new in barcode readers? Uh, one thing I wanted to mention just really fast before answering that, uh, one other app that uh, I had forgotten to mention on Android that's really made some strides this year is Firefox, the Firefox web browser, which most people are probably familiar with in the Windows environment. What they have done with accessibility is is just amazing. I mean, you can um, – that's become my favorite browser of choice on Android. Chrome also works, but uh, what Firefox has done is, is just amazing. It now works with uh, speech, of course, and it also works with uh, Braille displays on Android. Uh, they've done that. So you can you can browse the web fully with a braille display, um, and they have gestures for moving to all the different elements. So what what they have done um, with Firefox is just amazing on the Android. So just wanted to mention that. Um, as far as barcodes, I really haven't done a whole lot with that. There is there are apps to do it certainly, and maybe Julian has tried something on Android with that. I usually use. Um, Again, the tap tap C or the goggles to actually just recognize the item itself rather than even really messing with a barcode because you're usually going to find. I mean, some items may not have a barcode on them, and you have a better chance of getting the item recognized if you just do it by a picture. So I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done the whole barcode thing too much. How about you, Julian? Any any new apps or? Is it still the same apps that you had uh, talked about that you had purchased last year for barcode reading and identifying prices? As far as uh, a little bit more blindness-specific, uh, Digitize, I think, is still the best solution uh, for iOS. Um, they, they've enhanced it. I, I, I can't remember if I've talked to you since they've added uh, more features to it. Uh, aside from scanning barcodes, of course, there's now the ability to get more information on the items that the manufacturer made it available. 
So for those who are familiar with things like the ID Mate, uh, this works very similarly. Uh, you, you scan a barcode, you hit that More Info button, and if the manufacturer provides it, you'll get cooking or preparing instructions. You'll get nutritional information. Um, really neat stuff. Um, but I also use a lot of mainstream kind of apps to get information. The, the story you mentioned, uh, particularly, I was using Amazon's Price Check app to do that. Um, another app I've really enjoyed using a lot, believe it or not, is uh, Walmart has uh, in their app, for the for browsing in the store, they have a barcode reader. And what I like is that when I'm in Walmart shopping for something, I can uh, scan the uh, the barcode on the item. And not only am I guaranteed to get a hit because it's their item, it's their code, so I, I don't, uh, like with some other apps where it may not have something in their database, this is Walmart's database and it's their, their items on the shelf. So I get a positive hit on the item, but I also get the price that it's being sold at. I, I tell it what the store is, or it actually knows the store that I'm in, so uh, based on GPS location. So it gives me the price of the item in that store. So I do two things in one. I, I get object, uh, I get the item identified, and I get to know the price that it's being sold for. Um, what's also nice about the... Um, the Amazon app, the price check app, uh, and I use this all the time if I'm buying something, especially something electronic, is not only for checking for, to see if I'm getting the lowest price, but also to read user reviews. Amazon has an extensive database of user reviews, and I found that it has definitely helped me to uh, make wiser choices in purchasing uh, by being able to have at my disposal at that moment while I'm in the store access to those user reviews. Wow. You know, if you're speaking of reviews, how about do either of you um, use Yelp if you're looking for a review on a particular restaurant, maybe that you're in a new town and you want to know whether this restaurant's any good. Have you ever found any good applications for Yelp? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I, use, I use Yelp um, not only for that, but also to, to read the menu. Uh, a lot of times, uh, Restaurants may not have Braille or large print menus, but uh, most often I can check on Yelp and I can find access to the menu. So that is really helpful. Yeah, Yelp is a good app. I used that a couple of months ago when I was in South Carolina for a vacation. Um, last I had checked, and maybe this is fixed uh, since then, there were some ex accessibility issues with that on iOS. Maybe they fixed it on Android. It works, it works fine. Um, and uh, another app that's kind of similar to that, that's good. It's an app called Around Me, and that's also on both uh, on both platforms. Um, but yeah, Yelp, uh, good to find some restaurants uh, and get the reviews. Oh yeah, like I said, I used that a few months ago when we were trying to find a place in the, in the South Carolina when I was on a vacation, and it, it definitely came in handy. And Around Me does the same. It will uh, it will find different restaurants that are around you and give you a review. Uh, I don't know if it does reviews. I think it does, but it'll certainly tell you what places, and not just restaurants, but all kinds of different places. Um, you pick the category, and then it will um, it will show you what's um, what's around. And both apps, I think, I know around me can, and I think Yelp can too. Um, if you want a route to that destination, they will hand it off to um, an application to handle that. Your Google Maps, like on Android or a you know, one of the other apps on, on iOS, so you can you can get uh, directions too if you have the appropriate apps to do it. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And do either of you use any applications that help with transportation, whether it's flagging down a taxi or estimating when the next bus is coming at your bus stop? Are any of you using any of those apps? And is there anything new for 2013? Nearby Explorer, actually, and Julian, I don't know if this works where you're at. I don't know if you've tried it. Um, Nearby Explorer, that's the APH GPS app, actually has for certain cities, it has uh, transit information. So what this will do is it will basically, if you're like at a, a place, it will tell you, okay, you have a bus stop uh, 150 yards ahead of you, and this is the bus route that goes past there, and this is the bus schedule. These are the next times that that, that those buses are going to come. Wow, that's great Great stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I use uh, I use Nextbus all the time. Uh, it's it's definitely it's it's 
I like it so much that uh, for those of you who are familiar with the layout of the iPhone screen, you know how the, the bottom part is a dock where you can have four different icons for things that, that stay the same no matter what page you're on. Uh, Nextbus is in there <laughs> because I use it so often. Uh, I like it because uh, it, it gives me the prediction based on the actual location of the bus as opposed to a schedule. Uh, I have played with the transit feeds there on Nearby Explorer, and that's pretty cool. And I, I suppose I would probably use it if I was in an unfamiliar area and perhaps I wanted to use it to guide me to that bus stop. But since most of the time I, I know my way around pretty well, um, I find that next bus just is a little quicker for getting me that information. And that one is next bus, and next bus is available only for the iPhone? They have it on both iOS and Android, and they're both uh, accessible there. Great. And I'll is there check a that similar... out. I'll try that. <laughs> yeah. Is there a similar one, Mike, do you know, that one might use to contact a taxi cab? Well, here... We have um, St. Louis. There's a St. Louis County cab, which is the cab company I use. They have an app. Uh, we have two main cab companies around here, uh, St. Louis County, and they actually have an app. And there's also a Cleed cab. And I don't know if they have one or not. Another app that I know is available on both platforms that can help you get a cab is called Taxi Magic. Um, oh, okay. And that one, um, that one is available, and that one is kind of nationwide. I think it works. Uh, for a lot of different cab companies, so that's the app I would say people maybe try if uh, if they're looking for a for a taxi app is is um, I'm going to give that next bus a try see how that works. Yeah, those I think those are really helpful tools there. So uh, you know, uh, before we open it up to questions, there are there any other apps that you'd like to talk about quickly, Julian, that that you like, and then next, uh, Mike, I'll turn it over to you. Um, I mean, there's always I, I've got close to 200 apps installed in my iPhone. So, um, but as far as the, what I use on a regular basis, I think we've talked about them. The, the apps that I mentioned are apps that I use on a regular basis. And how about you, Mike? Are there any other apps that we kind of uh, didn't mention yet? Yeah, there is one. There's another one. Um, it's on both platforms, and it's accessible on both platforms. Um, we're seeing that more and more now, and that's that's a very good thing that that. There's a, there's a, these apps are on both of the platforms, um, and, and I hope that that really continues. It's an app called Pziz. It's how it's pronounced. It's P Z I Z Z. Now, what this is, um, there's two modules for it. It's uh, one is a power nap, and one is uh, to help you get to sleep. And what um, what it does though, the cool thing about it is, it's you can set how long for each one do you want it to go for? Like you can set it for like a half hour or an hour basically, and it will basically create a soundtrack for that on the, on the fly. And it basically sounds like when it does it that that's how it was recorded originally. But the other nice thing about it is each time you use that, it will say different things. So you never get bored and hearing the same thing over and over again. It's different each time, basically, there's you know a bunch of different things that it can say, and, it, and it's, it's it's random, but it, it splices it together, and when it plays it, it actually sounds you know like that's how it was recorded. So that that's a really really um, that's a really nice app. Um, another one, let's see, uh, and if you're into weather, there's the Weather Channel that's available on both platforms. Um, so that's that's a really that's a really good app for. Um, monitoring the weather. Um I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I, I use um a whole lot. Those those two I, I think are, are the big stuff. The GPS, the image recognition, um of course all the basic you know apps, phone, text messaging, that, that comes with, with uh with both of the um with both of the platforms. Um I don't know if you want before you open into questions too, if you wanted to get into any of the, you know, like or maybe somebody will have a question about that, maybe some of the differences with the platforms nowadays because they're always changing. Um, yeah, well, we're going to go ahead and open up the questions, and I just wanted to know if there were any other, you know, really amazing applications that you really uh, were completely excited about. And uh, how about, you know, one one last question. How about for your calendars or your appointment books? Do you guys find that there's a special app that you really like, or are you just using the standard calendar that comes with uh, the phones? 
I'm good with the, the with the stock iOS calendar. It works for me. I don't really use a calendar app. I, I keep that stuff in my head. It's easier for me. <laughs> that's amazing, Mike. Well, there's not too many people who got your brain either, but that's, no, that is great. So, okay, well, real quickly, before we open up to the questions, uh, Julian, can you just go ahead and, and do you mind summarizing the iOS, the iPhone apps that we talked about this evening that really seem to be some of the best applications for the iPhone? You want to start with the GPS? Yeah, for the GPS uh, on, on the iPhone, it's um, Seeing Eye GPS. That's uh, the one that gives you both the uh, orientational GPS as well as the guidance. We talked about we talked about Foursquare. I mean, I'm sorry, Blind Square, which is um, a very good app as well for orientational GPS. And actually, before Seeing Eye came out, that was my uh, orientational app of choice on the iPhone. It was Blind Square. Uh, what did we talk about? We talked about object recognition, so we talked about Tap Tap C. We talked about Talking Goggles, which I think is an amazing app. Uh, we talked about barcode scanning, um, Digitize, and um, Amazon Price Check app, as well as a Walmart app for uh, for barcode scanning. Um, trying to think, I think that uh, that pretty much covered it with iOS, uh, Yelp, of course, uh, and Nextbus. I can't forget those. Yes, and uh, Taxi Magic, I think, was one that works on both yes, uh, systems. And, Mike, you want to just go ahead and review for the listeners uh, the applications for the Android phones? Yeah, okay. So for GPS, uh, Nearby Explorer is is definitely the one. Um, if you want you know, the blindness-specific GPS app, it's uh, from uh, – American Printing House for the Blind, and they just actually released an update for that today. I think it's 1.08. I think they just put out an update. Um, let's see. Uh, you have Google Maps, of course, for your routing. and or Well, actually, Nearby Explorer will give you directions, too, but there's also Google Maps, which is accessible. Um, okay, for image recognition, there is um, Talking Goggles is available for Android, I believe, and, uh, of course, the regular Google Goggles, and they both use the same uh, engine, so you'll probably get similar results with each one. Um Let's see. There is uh, – let's see. What else should we, we go through? Well, um, Nextbus is available for uh, Android also, which I'm definitely going to give that a try. That sounds really nice. Um, there's Yelp. Uh, there's Around Me. Um, and I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming that the Walmart app is also available for um, Android as well as Amazon Price Check also. Um, I'm going to have to check, check those out and see. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Those are, and then you um, those also, um, also, yeah, you mentioned the uh, MP3, HiQ MP3. Yes, that's a great app, HiQ MP3 Recorder. If you want to just record things into straight uh, MP3, it's a it's an excellent app to have. It works very nicely. And then the Samba File Share. Um, if you don't want to um, go through uh, connecting your phone to your computer via USB, um, you just turn on the Wi-Fi and you run this app, and it basically makes your phone show up on your network as another uh, shared drive, like any of your other computers, and it makes it you know easy to copy uh, copy files back and forth. So that's another uh, that's another really nice app. Yes, and then again, uh, Dropbox was another one that you guys talked about as being really very helpful. So uh, let's go ahead and let's open it up to questions. If anybody has a questions, uh, please press star six on your phone. And you could go ahead and uh, ask your question, announce who you'd like to answer it. Uh, do we have a question out there? I have a question on the Haiku MP3 recorder. Um, I recently tested uh, this out with Jellybean 4.3, and I um, uh, haven't got anything to, well, haven't had, well, I don't know. It's not recording for me, so is there any way to um, maybe contact the developer of it? You might do that, yeah. I, I don't have 4.3 yet on my phones. I'm, uh, there is a Cyanogen build uh, for a couple of them. I just haven't gotten around to installing it yet. I have a friend, though, who is running 4.3 with their Nexus, and it does work. Um, so I'm not sure. You might try um, uninstalling and reinstalling the app and see what see what, what happens there. But um, as far as I know, it does work. But, again, you might um, you might contact the um, developer and ask ask them about it. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of times that works pretty well when you just uninstall that application and reinstall it. So I think that might be a great solution, Jane. Thank you. Next question. I'm just wondering if anyone has any suggestions on an app, particularly for the iPad, for someone with low vision that has a good display for a calendar. I don't care about whether or not it talks as much as that it's easy to read. Any thoughts? So I, I take it that you've tried using the built-in calendar app and you didn't have a lot of luck with that? The built-in calendar app is has very, very little contrast, and you cannot change the size of the text on it. Um, have you tried using the Zoom capabilities to try to compensate for that? You can use the Zoom, yes, and that does help to some degree, but that still doesn't deal with the color contrast, with the lack of color contrast. Yeah. Um, that, um, that, Dr. Bill, this is Richard. I have a suggestion that you might try inverting the uh, the text or the screen from white on black to black on white. That's what I was going to suggest also. That's a good also. point, Richard. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to suggest that as well, that you can go into the uh, Zoom settings and you can change that, uh, invert the colors. That might help. Unfortunately, I don't know of any specialized calendar apps for low vision that, that will do what you're asking. So I don't either. You kind of have to just work with the tools that iOS gives you to try to compensate for that. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Okay, thanks very much. Great. Thank Sorry you. Thank you, Richard. How about you, Richard? Uh, all of you may know Richard Ruddy is the past president of CCLVI. Do you have any uh, favorite apps that you have used on your phone recently, Richard? I do, and I'm an iOS user and an iPad mini user. For me, with more low vision than uh, not any – with a little bit of low vision than I have, I should say – I recently kind of played with the iPhone and the iPad and the iPad mini, and when watching videos, I like the iPad mini. I can still hold it in my hand and not get a hand cramp. <laughs> um, but the, the apps that I like um, that are very accessible, and, and this is with the voiceover, is the Audible app. I mean, you can read books, and it's just completely accessible, and I, I, like, I use it more than I use Bookshare or Bard at this point because I just like getting those commercial books read to me. And, it, and it, the whole shopping experience is very accessible. Um, the other app, and this is very dangerous uh, because your wallet goes fast, is the Amazon app. You can shop and purchase things on Amazon.com and their app. And the descriptions, the details of the products, the price, the shipping, it's really, really neat. The shopping cart, and, it's, and, it's, and it can be very expensive, too. <laughs> yeah, those are available um, on both platforms. And as far as I know, they are accessible on both. The Audible certainly is with the Android have, have a, a reference, but I know that AppleVis.com is a good resource for all the iOS apps that we've talked about and more, uh, as well as the uh, app that Braille Institute put out, Via. I believe that kind of gives you it, it updates on what's accessible. So those were, again, were, want to repeat those, AppleVis? AppleVis.com is in basically a website with all the iOS um information out there that's accessible, <clears throat> really very thorough website. Um, and then the VIA app, VIA app that is on the iOS platform from Braille Institute that gives you information on their variety of apps, applications that are accessible for low vision and blind. Oh, thank you, Richard. You know, another great app that uh, I'm I'm a bit biased by this, being a board member of Airs LA, but any of you who does have the iPhone, I think you'll really, really enjoy the Airs LA application. Uh, when you download this to your iPhone, it makes it so quick and so easy for you to find, you know, some of the uh, tens of thousands. I believe that Airs LA has over 80,000 podcasts available for your listening pleasure. So if you want to listen to the latest seminars, or magazines, or the updates on technology such as this, uh, you could find that on the Airs LA application, and that application is free. Airs LA will also soon be uh, producing an application for Android, and it really shows that Android is really becoming very, very popular. It's really uh, becoming a very competitive product, and 
all this competition is great. You know, we have time for about two more questions. Does anybody else have a question for Julian or Mike? Not a question, but I want to let everyone know there is another app called A1 GPS Plus Lite. And say you're at an address and you have no idea where you are or you're looking for an address, and you just um, place it, uh, you line it up, and it'll tell you where you're at horizontally. And it's really a great app. I've used it out of state anywhere, and it's just the best thing. And, you know, it's free. And so you rotate your phone horizontally, and then it will yeah. tell you what location you're at? Yeah. I've used it in a car. I've used it somewhere where I couldn't see, and it's great. And it oh. talks, and and it's wonderful. That's, that's great. So that's A1 GPS Plus, and is that for both the it's iPhone for the and... iOS. For the iOS. I don't know if it would work for Android, but it's A1 GPS Lite. Great, thank you. That's a great recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about one more question for um, Mike Arrigo or Julian Vargas? Okay, well, great. I think that you gentlemen have covered so much information this evening. And uh, are you able to give some contact information if any of our listeners want to ask you questions or consult with you? Uh, Julian, do you have a contact website? Yes, I certainly do. Uh, I have a little of everything. Um my online business card, if you want to call it that, um, has all my contact info as well as links to some uh, recorded uh, things that I've done. Uh, it's www.techjv.com. That's www.techjv, which are my initials, .com. Uh, I can be reached by phone at area code 818 Nine five five four, or if somebody wants to email me, they can send an email to prtblaccess at gmail dot com. That's portable without the vowels, and then the word access at gmail dot com. I do uh, training, I do consulting, and I even help people if you want to go get a phone and you're not sure what questions to ask, and you want somebody to kind of help you out in the process, I can um, available for hire to do all of those things. That's a great service. And how about you, Mike? How can uh, listeners get in touch with you? Okay. Um, first off, I've done several podcasts on the Blind Geek Zone website. It's just like it uh, sounds, dot net. I think I've got, uh, I don't know how many i got up here, like at least five or six, and uh, that will be my uh, home uh for all new uh, podcasts that I uh, that I do, um, and uh, if anybody wants to uh, send me an email, uh, feel free. Um, email address: it's my ham radio call sign, so it's letters and numbers. The first part: it's n and the number zero, and then o x y at charter c h a r t e r dot net. Okay, n zero. O-X-Y at charter.net. Yeah, is that Richard? I, I have two quick resources I wanted to add on for the low vision folks and well, for Terry. Um, one of them is Serotech a Corporation does a podcast. They do quite a few, but they do one called High Contrast, and they talk about nothing but low vision solutions and then, you know, the fonts and then things on the screens and those types of things, Terry. So you might want to look up that, and I can send it to you. And then with iOS 7 coming out, I, I think I heard them say that they're, they're tweaking calendars, so there could be a new look and feel to the calendars in iOS 7. Oh, great. Is there anticipated uh, release date for that iOS 7? Uh, what do you think? September, I think October. they keep saying September, October. I think it'll be it'll be yep. it'll be about the same time that the new iPhone comes out. So the new iPhone is going to be announced on September 10th. So my suspicion is somewhere somewhere around late September, early October, you'll see iOS 7 in the wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. Great. Well, this has been just Thanks, really Richard. really I appreciate that. This has been really You're a welcome. great great podcast, and I want to thank all of you for listening in this evening. I want to thank Mike, Arrigo, and Julian for all of their information. And especially I'd like to thank Mr. Dick Burden for being so uh, patient and uh, tolerant. Uh, I know this is a lot of editing that he has to do, 
with these recordings. But this will be up on the Airs LA website at www.airsla.org and also the CCLVI website at www.cclvi.org. And also this will be on ACB Radio at www.acbradio. So, again, I want to thank all of you for joining in. Let others know that we do have this information available on podcasts for them to listen to. And we'll see you next month. We'll bring you more information on Let's Talk Low Vision.